Well, this is Libby. And this is Roberta. We're here today at Vietnam Palace in Chinatown with William Pauhaida and Jennifer Dalton, the two jurors of the Vox VI uh, Emerging Artist Show, which is at Vox Populi Gallery right now. Huge show, more than 400 people who applied, which they had to call down to 31, I think it was? Low 30s. It's in the 30s. I think 36. So, <laughs> both Jennifer and William are artists of a political nature, and they're also collaborators. Well, I, I saw you make a face at political, William, so you get to talk first about <laughs> politics. <laughs> well, I'm interested in the politics of the art world, not any... Democrat, Republican, any sort of like national politics. I mean, I I don't want my work to be political because I think it's probably going to do a disservice to real activists and real politics. I mean, you know, work can be obviously political and there's politics that go into it, but uh, you know, I think we're talking about just the politics of being an artist in the art world. No tea party critique. I don't, you know, it's not into it. I, I would say, I mean, I think I make work like I get a bee in my bonnet about something. A lot of my work starts from, is it just me or does the New Yorker magazine treat women artists like eye candy? And I don't know, because I do have a chip on my shoulder about those kind of things. And so what I want to do and what I have done is go and count up all of the pictures in the New Yorker magazine and categorize them all on this scale I made up from genius to pinup. <laughs> and see if all the men fall on the genius side and all the women fall on the pinup side and really just see if that holds up. I want to know if it held up. It's totally held up. Oh, isn't that and depressing? <laughs> <laughs> I redid the piece just the year 1990, I'm sorry, just the year 2009, last year's New Yorkers, and it was just as bad. Well, let's talk about the Vox show. Um, did Vox Populi approach you to uh, jury the show as, as a team? <clears throat> no, or? It was a, a friend of mine, uh, Mark Stockton, who <clears throat> is now, I guess, a Vox member, and he just sent me an email and asked me if I'd be interested, and I, then I proceeded to drag Jen into it. Because we, we don't agree on a lot of things about art. Like, she doesn't really make paintings, but tends to like painting more than I do. Um, she likes Jeff Koons. Uh, I don't, or at least anything since, like, 1990 on. Um, and you can see that in the show, I think. I don't know how well we Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> we did our best. We really, and neither, I mean, neither of us, I know, I hadn't juried a show before. You haven't juried a show before? Did you? No, no. We didn't have a predetermined no, I know. idea. The we, themes we emerged totally came from out of the, the work. work. We saw themes emerge. There was like a, a low-tech funkiness. I would like to use the term fucked up if I can. There was a lot of, a lot of stuff that was not immediately, I liked things that didn't make sense. You know, that things that didn't look like something we'd seen before. Right. I mean, that was one of the first things that we agreed upon when we were going to go look at the work. Was it would be better if it didn't immediately look like art. You know, we were looking for things that might take a minute to figure out. Like, what is that? And not just like new media or anything, but just literally the content. Um, and that yielded a couple of things. It's, it's interesting to see the show now and see that there's not that much painting, you no. know, and there fact, was a, a, a lot, a lot of painting submitted. I mean, of the 426 artists, I think it was, I don't want to say half, but there was a huge know. amount of, not, I mean, there was so much more painting, a huge amount of painting dealing with space. Who's you mean spaces like? in outer space, or do you mean spaces in space. architectural architectural space. space? Who's the artist that you love that uh, has just got that five million dollar commission? 
Oh, Julie Moretti. Julie Moretti. Like exploding abstract space, literal architectural space. So that there's a reason why there's a number of like landscapey kind of painting in the show. That there was a ton of it. It was like we are a category, and you have to put some of us in the show. You know, like another category was girls doing things. So many videos and photographs and installations of like pretty girls doing stuff, like handstands in the corner, crawling around chairs. Quirky things. Quirky things. My wife does girls doing stuff work right now, like sitting in a tree, you know, like I, it was it really interesting that it became a category unto itself. You know, and there's dudes doing stuff. There's a lot of boys doing stuff work too, I feel like, in that world at large, but it wasn't as represented in right. our sample. Yeah. And then, you know, there's, there's a number of small, like, porcelain things. The ones that we liked, there was a weird ones that had like a kind of Catholic guilt or some sort of like religious influence, oh, yeah. and then there were ones that just looked like sex toys. And it was like, <laughs> right. we're, we're glad those didn't end up in the same room because they just sort of speak of, of you know, repressed desire. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was interesting how much clay there was in the show. There's a ton of clay. Yeah, there's a lot of ceramics. Yeah, I thought it was kind of crossover ceramics yeah. time. You know, it yeah. seemed to me like, hey, there's a future for ceramics in the art world. Yeah. Yeah, suppose as long as it's doing something interesting, I don't care what the material is, you know, or medium. So how do you two know each other? Um, like gravity, slowly. <laughs> We showed at neighbor galleries. People would always say, you need to meet William Bowaida. Because we both made work, I guess, that was about the art world. And then our galleries suggested that we do a collaboration together. And that turned into the art world condolence cards. Can you explain for people who don't know what that is, yeah. what that well, was? It was right after the um, crash of fall of 2008. Everyone was wondering if anyone would ever buy art ever again. And galleries and, were closing, yeah. and uh, people were losing representation left and right. So we made a, a series of, of art world condolence cards. Like um, one of them was a picture of a tombstone, and it said, "I am sorry for your loss of representation." Yeah, and it they was were like your sweet. career. <laughs> they really harsh. Another one was a, a photo, like a painting of Chelsea, uh, like 27th Street, like the street sign. And it's like you know. Chelsea, Chelsea won't be the same without you. Or, yeah, thinking of you during this difficult time. Yeah, or we missed you in Miami this year. Yeah. This is like a little painting of a palm tree. And, uh, evil. I'm far more evil than Jen is. And yet she can totally be evil, but she's a little bit nicer about it, at least on the surface, you know. I think she presents better um, as not being evil. I present better. So we, you know, it's nice working with her because there's a lot of things we do agree on and the things that we don't agree on. Um, you know, I can tolerate or live with. I mean, the Coons thing is almost insurmountable. Almost a deal breaker. Oh, you're you're pro Coons, Jennifer. I, um, that's a little too strong. But <laughs> I can't dismiss I can't dismiss his achievements as as easily as. Bill I don't can. dismiss the early ones. I think it's just once you know. I don't know. It's something I think about and fear that someday I'll just be cranking out a parody of my own work. You know, just trophies or something. <laughs> If we're lucky, once you that's have what will like happen to gold, us. <laughs> once, you, once you have a gold bracelet selection and you can afford to produce that and give them away, you've become coons. It's an addition, yeah. and they're $20,000 yeah. each. So you ran some classes down, or sort of classes, down in um, Ed Winkleman's gallery in the spring, was it? And um, it received a tremendous response, and I'm wondering if you could describe a little bit what it was that you did. We were asked by Ed Winkleman to, if we would like to do a show um, in response to our criticism of 
you know, the, the, the economic realities of the art world. And we didn't, we had a really hard time. We brainstormed a lot and couldn't really figure out how to frame that and decided to open it up to a month-long discussion. So we have hosted a series of panels, um, Q&As, presentations uh, that addressed sort of what's wrong with the art market and is there something wrong with it? It was an open question. What we ultimately found was just defining what the problems are in the art world was worth a show or at least an right, attempt or to just have a, that yeah, discussion. An attempt, like it's sort of like, okay, we are having a really hard time even articulating what what the problems are, yeah. and so we thought, let's crowdsource this. Like then we just thought, well, let's just make this. Yeah, I hate the word crowdsource, FYI. and these were things that we learned <laughs> in terms of like the social media realm. You know, it's like if you use Twitter or have a blog, suddenly people are like, come and speak on our panel or tell us about mighty technology. Um, so we opened it up via those channels to whoever wanted to come. I mean, that was our idea. Like, it was just like, do you have anything you want to say about class in the art world? Or yeah. the interaction and the queasiness that we feel selling our work or not selling our work, or, you know. And um, we feel much better about selling work now. <laughs> because there's just unresolvable paradoxes. And we don't live in a socialist society. Our country can barely tolerate it, so we're capitalists, so we have to sell the work. Um, but, you know, we started with a very, uh, an oversimplification for the problem statement was something like art is a luxury commodity that is, uh, you know, access is limited based on class, you know, education, education geography. geography, gender education. was added to it. But, you know, people just wanted to write stupid shit well, on the, the walls. Well, the blackboards, I mean, we, the blackboards <laughs> like were probably the least, stalls. yeah, the least exciting yeah. part of the show. I mean, we just had, we had like 60 events, feel, performances, and discussions. The chalkboards were like a representation of the collective, a, either A, stupidity, <laughs> or B, irreverence, <laughs> just of like it. treating it, you know, like, I'm not going to participate in your bullshit, you know, so it became a power struggle. And the chalkboards were where? At Winkleman's? They yeah. were the whole space. The whole um, wall, all the walls were painted in chalkboard paint, and people were free to... We started things off with, you know, with problem statement and with some other provocative, you know, things that we would write in, and we hoped for people to sort of work things out. But it was more. Um, it was more like, like I want, comments. I'm special, hear my voice, and you know, it was really just a sort of a quest for representation, which the whole show ultimately was sort of about was being heard. It ended the last night was rant night, and by God, I've never seen people get crazy. so crazy, like people were yelling and screaming at each other. And but like, our rule was, you know, the whole thing had been any sort of discussions that we had had to be like everyone sitting around a table, as egalitarian as possible. So we'd be, just been discuss, 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 and then rant night comes, There was we, we said one rule, no discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like the internet to me. It was a little internet. bit like internet live, you yeah. know, internet like face to face. I mean, that was the interesting thing is that what was different about class than the internet, though, is that you could read people's body language. People were present in the space. You have Jerry Salt sitting in the crowd, freaking people out. You know, you've got <laughs> real critics and, and, and putting faces, you know, like there's this one guy, Chris Rywalt. Chris is a, a painter who hates me with such a passion, and he's left insanely bitter comments on like various blogs and then he was there in the space and it was like hey how you doing how are you and it just you know so actually meeting people and and, and connecting some of these uh, people to their anonymous handles was really interesting so it was, it was great to have that discussion so did you learn anything from it yeah well, I think one of the main things that we, I mean, you alluded, Bill alluded to it before, was the unresolved paradoxes. 
we kept coming down to these things that these mutually exclusive truths like we we want art to be a gift but we don't want to work for free you know and we want to sell our work but for, we want to have integrity you know we yeah. want to you know we would like to sell work to people like us like people who that we can that like people who we share can relate to or, no it's or not so, i mean sure, yeah, share values would, but but we can't sell our work we can't afford to sell our work for less than it costs to make and if you spend 6 months and a bunch of money on something you can't really sell it for $200 or you, you can't know? sell your work for less than it costs to live whether yeah. it's in New York or Philly or wherever you are if you want to actually have time to make it otherwise you're working a day job and it's uh, you know it's, it's really difficult and I don't make a living off my art you know I don't either there's no chance in hell I could live without teaching you know Jen what's your day job I work at Christie's the auction house oh. she works for the enemy <laughs> <laughs> And you don't think that working for the university is working for the I don't, enemy? I work for no, he teaches high school. Oh, high school. Yeah. I teach in Brooklyn to students who don't really know much about art. Uh, I try to educate them, but it's nice being relatively anonymous. <laughs> art Blog Radio was produced in Philadelphia by theartblog.org. Thanks to the Knight Foundation for supporting this project. And thanks to our editor, Peter Crimmins, for making us sound good and to Eric Biondo for his music. You can download our podcast from the radio page of the art blog.